The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in to Duval Daily presented by GinJag.com. I'm Jordan DeLugo. Thank you so much for being here. We've got a live stream here for y'all today. Haven't done one in quite a while. Happy to be doing it. We've just had a busy schedule around the DeLugo household as of late. Haven't been able to get on and do one of these extended shows where we kind of chat and just hang out and uh, excited for y'all to be here. Excited for y'all to be able to chime in in the chat. If you have any Jaguars questions, anything related to the Jaguars, anything related to Jaguars at Colts Week 6, check in, drop your questions, drop your comments in the chat. As I mentioned, Jaguars at Colts, it is a Week 6 matchup, 1 p.m. at Lucas Oil. Jags haven't won in Indianapolis since 2017. Colts are two-point home favorites over the Jags, over under of 42. We're going to preview this game, and we're going to have some fun right now. Follow me on Twitter at Jordan DeLugo, Generation Jaguar at Generation Jag. Please like and subscribe on YouTube. And if you want to support the channel further, go pick up a new hat or shirt on ginjag.com right now. Got links in the description below. Got some folks checking in. Ryan, John, Debbie Lynn, Robert. Good morning, everyone. Happy y'all are here. I'm happy to be here. I enjoy doing the live streams more than I do the uh, produced content. But again, time can be an issue and a constraint. But we've got plenty of time here on this Friday morning to preview Jaguars at Colts. Frank Reich and Doug Peterson go toe-to-toe once again. They're two teams desperately needing to win this contest to keep pace in the AFC South. The Jaguars are 1-1 one one in the division. Colts are 0-2-1. They've already played three games inside the AFC South. This will be their fourth. Got Gus Bradley, of course, calling the plays on defense for Indy, former Jaguars head coach. Unique Ngakwe rushing the passer for the Colts. Nick Foles is the backup quarterback in Indy. You know, there's just got to be, this season it seems like every week, a million different storylines to follow between the Jaguars and the teams they are facing. Injuries, they look like they will be a factor here. Uh, linebacker Shaquille Leonard, kind of the heartbeat of the Colts defense. He missed week five and, and hasn't practiced this week. He's dealing with the back injury that held him out to start the year. He's dealing with a nose injury and also, uh, one, uh, an ankle or concussion. I can't remember what it is, but Shaquille Leonard's dealing with quite a lot right now. 
Um, I, I don't think he's going to be able to play. He, he hasn't practiced this week. It's just not looking like uh, he's going to be ready to go. And then the other player we're really watching for the Colts right now is defensive end edge rusher Quiddy Pay, who plays opposite Unique Ngakwe. Um, he's in his second year. He's a really talented, athletic young player. He's dealing with an ankle injury, and he has not participated in practice this week for the Colts. So it's not looking good for him on the injury front. Um, it does look like, though, they're going to have Jonathan Taylor, who is probably the most important player on their roster, not named Matt Ryan, maybe even more important than Matt Ryan. I don't know. Jonathan Taylor, Colts running back, led the league in rushing by a mile last year, one of the most talented runners in the game today. He's dealing with that ankle injury. He did not participate in practice Wednesday. He was limited, however, on Thursday. And um, it looks like he's going to be able to tough it out. So the Jags are going to have to deal with Jonathan Taylor, which he, of course, was available for the Colts. In their week two loss to the Jaguars, Jaguars um, came out and just rolled the Colts 24 to nothing in that one. The Jaguars defensive front and linebackers were able to handle Jonathan Taylor Looks like he will be able to go, though. So that's something you got to think about all the time. Jonathan Taylor, again, one of the more talented backs in the league. We've got Brett Walter, Brett and Walter checking in. Brett says, seems like this is a must win game for both teams. Yeah, when you talk about a must win, um, it is week six. So, like, theoretically, if either of these two teams lose, the Jaguars, if they lose, they would fall to two and four. If the Colts lose, they would fall to two, three, and one. It's a really important week six contest. I don't think it really is a must win in the traditional sense of the word. Like if you lose this game or is your season over for either team? No. I mean, Colts would be sitting there with three losses. The Jaguars would be sitting there with four losses. You can still theoretically lose two or three four more games potentially and make the playoffs depending on how things shake out in the AFC and, and in the AFC South this year. But you desperately need this game. You do need it. It's not a must win, but you need it because falling to two and four, that's a really difficult hole to crawl out of, especially for a young team. If you're the Jaguars for the Colts. Um, yeah. The, the Colts need every win they can get right now that they, they have a better record than the Jaguars, but, are they a better team than the Jaguars? It does not look like it right now. Certainly not. And also on the injury front, the Colts were without Michael Pittman Jr. and Alec Pierce, their top two wideouts um, in that week two contest where the Jaguars took them down in Jacksonville. Those two players are healthy. Those two players are back. They've been playing pretty good football for the Colts. So you do have a bigger test when it comes to covering the Colts wideouts this week. They did lose Ashton Doolin for the season, unfortunately one of their rotational wide receivers. Um, so they will be missing him, obviously. But having Alec Pierce, having Michael Pittman and Jr., that is huge for the Colts in this Week 6 matchup. John's checking in saying, I kind of thought we'd see more out of our tight ends. I mean, Evan Ingram has, has been pretty heavily utilized two of the last three weeks, if I recall correctly. And, and one thing I was excited to see from him this past week and see from the Jaguars' offense they were using him to stretch the seam down the middle of the field. He had been used on a lot more underneath stuff early in the season. They started using his athleticism to stretch the field vertically, to, to push the ball down the middle of the field a little bit. And I thought it, it worked out pretty well for the Jaguars overall. 
I'd like to see them continue that. The Colts have been weak up the seam this year, so something interesting to watch for sure. Um, on the Jaguars injury front, Caleb on chase on, he's out for at least four weeks, which means more reps for Arden key at outside linebacker. He had been primarily playing inside. He did take some reps, um, at outside linebacker in practice this week, more so than usual working off to the side with Josh Allen, with Trayvon Walker, outside linebacker coach, Bill Shuey. Uh, so I think you'll see him more out there with Caleb on chase on out. You might also see some more Deshaun Dixon, uh, but. I think the biggest injury news here for the Jaguars is Ben Barch on IR. He'll miss the rest of the season with a knee injury. That means Tyler Shatley, who um, has a ton of experience on the interior for the Jaguars, he's likely to slide in and start at left guard for Ben Barch. Um, And they were in a battle for that position earlier this offseason, so I don't think it's a huge step down. I do think Ben Barch has a lot more physical ability. Tyler Shatley, however, has experience, has wisdom, has leadership. Uh, I think that you plug him in and you feel okay about that. Nash is checking in saying, I'll be there in Indy. I'm a huge Jags fan, so I hope uh, my cheering will help out a little. I hope it will too. Yes, absolutely. Hope it will too. What's John talking about the elbow cough for here? Caleb on? <laughs> Anyways, um, other than that, it looks like the Jaguars will be pretty healthy. It looks like Foley Fatu Kasi should be able to get back for this one. He's been limited in practice this week. He missed last week's contest with that quad injury. Uh, you also had Foy Alua can pop up with a calf. He's been limited in practice. Zay Jones is still limited with the ankle. And um, I believe you've got one more injury for the Jaguars. Um, one more player that's limited. Who is it? Oh yeah. Devon Hamilton. He also popped up with a foot. All four of those players, Devon Hamilton, uh, Zay Jones, Foley Fatu Kasi and Foy Aluakan have been limited in both practices so far this week. This is being, uh, streamed live Friday morning. So the Jaguars have not yet had their Friday press conference where Doug Peterson, I'm sure, will address these injuries and give us an update. Uh, that should be around 1130 this morning. Uh, so make sure to to stay on top of that and, and be, be on top of that if you're worried about the injury updates here. Adam says Jags winning this in surprising fashion. What does that mean? What does surprising fashion mean for the Jaguars? Because at, at this point in the season, surprising fashion for the Jags would be winning a close one. Uh, their two wins so far, they've absolutely dominated. All three losses that they've had so far, they've been one-score games and they haven't been able to get the job done at the end. John says, do you know how limited? Nope. Um, there is no range of limit uh, of being limited if you're talking about the injury report. So it's just kind of a wait-and-see type of thing. But moving on from the injuries, I think looking up, looking at this matchup on paper, I think the Jaguars offense and the Colts defense, that looks like it's going to be the more competitive um, side of things. You look at the Jaguars offense, um, Trevor and, and the Jags, they rolled the Colts in week two. They also rolled the Chargers in week three. But since then, the Jaguars offense has had big time red zone struggles. 
while the Colts defense has kind of hit its stride a little bit, helping Indy to win two of the last three contests. Jaguars passing offense is ninth in DVOA. The Colts pass defense is 21st. So that looks like maybe advantage Jaguars. Um, I would lean in the Jaguars favor when it comes to the Jaguars throwing the ball, the ball and the Colts trying to defend the pass. But um, the Colts run defense has really stepped up. They're number two in DVOA while the Jaguars rushing offense is 27th. So they're not looking great. Um, Again, the Jaguars have moved the ball really well, but they've struggled to score in the red zone the last couple weeks. And the Colts, looking at their defense, they're going to mix it up a little bit, but it's going to be mostly cover three. That's what you get from a Gus Bradley defense. you got to take what's there underneath. You have to play disciplined football if you're Trevor Lawrence. You cannot try to force it into areas that it's too tight to force it into. You can't try to... Um, you can't try to just jam it in there when you've got players open underneath. You've got checkdowns, you've got crossers, uh, things of that nature. You you can't you cannot force the ball in there like Trevor did last week. Got some comments here. Adam saying Trevor drives down the field, down by three, puts up a touchdown. Yeah, that would be certainly surprising fashion for the Jaguars. Trevor Lawrence has not done well so far in his young career in close ball games and tight ball games at the end. Um, in fact, last year in Indianapolis, the Jaguars and Colts, it was coming down to the end there. And Trevor had the ball stripped from him late in the game as the Jaguars were driving, trying to uh, trying to win that football game. Nash says, I think it's crazy that we aren't favored this week. I mean, we beat them 24-0 26 days ago. Not much has changed since then. Well, I mean, I, I disagree. I think some things have changed since then. I don't think the Colts are magically a great team, and I don't think the Jaguars are all of a sudden a terrible team, but the Colts have won two out of three games, and the Jaguars have lost their last two, and the the last game they lost, it was to, to Houston, the worst team in the NFL right now. So I think I, I can understand why the Colts uh, are favored at home over the Jaguars. Do I think they should be? It's an entirely different question, but I can understand why the odds makers have them there. Um, I don't know. We'll see. I do think that that when you look at the Jaguars against the Colts in Indy, they have not won there since 2017. So that might be a factor as well. All right. Robert says, I think Trevor has a bounce back game learns to take what the defense gives him. It's not that he needs to learn to take what the defense gives him because he has done it before. He did it in week two against Indy, against his very same defense. He's done it in the past. He just did not do it enough, consistently enough, against the Texans in, in week five last week. Brett says, nervous for their run defense. Both our wins have been when we've gotten the run game going and takes pressure off Trevor. Brett, I'm glad you said that. And I'm not trying to call you out here, but both of the Jaguars wins so far have come on the heels of the offense, putting up points early. And I think the majority of that has been throwing the football. They've been running the ball in those games after they established a lead. Uh, they, they started running the ball a ton after they established the lead in Indy. They started running the ball a ton after they established the lead in Los Angeles. So to me, it's not about establishing the run early as much as it is the passing offense getting going early and finding ways to put points on the board. 
And there's got to be some balance there. No question. You're not just throwing the ball early. When I say passing the ball, I mean passing it more than you're running it. Um, so I, I think it's really key. I think the key is Trevor um, and the receivers bouncing back. Um, Trevor didn't have a great game last week, made some unfortunate errors. Receivers, same thing. Way too many drops down the stretch for the receivers last week. So when I think about the run defense versus the Jaguars rushing offense, how often are the Jaguars really going to be trying to pound the ball down the Colts' throat? I don't think they're going to do it very much early on. So we'll see how that plays out. Adam says, with the exception of the Miami game, we haven't seen one-score games with a final position. Yeah, um, well, we have this year. But yeah, Trevor did do a good job against Miami last year in London. The Jaguars were able to win that contest. Uh, Trevor did a whole lot down the stretch there. So I, I do agree with that. But looking at the looking at it this year, and it hasn't been all his fault by any stretch, but week one against Washington did not get the job done late in the game. I would put that more on pass protection than I would on Trevor's inability to get the job done. Um against against the uh against the Eagles. Yeah, Trevor didn't get the job done. And then against the the Texans, Trevor didn't get the job done either. So, all right. Justin says, has Trevor been bad in the three losses or do you think he's just been average and just had the one bad game in Philly? I feel like he has been the major factor in all of those losses. I think um, there's certainly some plays from week one against the commanders he'd like to have back some misses he'd like to have back. But overall, I thought he played decent against the Commanders. Thought he played great against Indy and against Los Angeles, of course. Um, Obviously did not play well against the Eagles. And last week, it was kind of a mixed bag. He obviously had the critical turnover in the end zone, which you can't have. I think if he just runs that ball or throws it out of bounds, we're probably talking about a different result right now. Um So I would say he has not been good enough in two games. He's been okay in one game, which was Washington, and he's been excellent um, in two games. So it's been a mixed bag so far for for the young quarterback, and I think that's to be expected for such a young player in a new offense in the second year of his career. Nash says, it's just both of the Colts' wins have been only by three. Also, we have lost by eight or fewer our last two. Yeah, absolutely. I think on paper, Nash, to your point, I do think on paper – When you look at all the advanced statistics, you look at the box score statistics, you look at just how these teams have played. Yeah, I think it's easy to look at the Jaguars and say they're a much better team than the Colts right now. But the bottom line is the Jaguars are two and three. The Colts are two, two and one. And they play each other this weekend in Indy. So we're going to find out um, which team, which team is more prepared for this game, which team is better right now. We'll we'll find that out. I'll I'll tell you what. The Colts have been good in those those um, close games. The Jaguars have not. So that's another worry of mine when you look at this contest between the Jaguars and the Colts. Um, the Jags 0-3 in one-score games. The Colts have gotten the job done late in games. Matt Ryan has been pretty clutch late in games. They haven't been good for most of the game. The Colts haven't. Most of their games, they've been pretty ugly to watch. I mean, looking at last Thursday night, it was horrific. One of the worst Thursday night games I thought I'd ever seen until I watched the one just last night. 
against with the commanders and the bears. That was one of the ugliest games I've ever seen as well. So uh, yeah, the Colts have not looked great. There's no question about it, but they're in position. They're, they're a well-coached team. They still have talent. Matt Ryan is a clutch quarterback. Michael Pittman and Jr. and Alec Pierce can get the job done. Um, they've still got talent on the defensive side of the ball. Stephon Gilmore playing very well. You've got DeForest Buckner, Grover Stewart, Unique Ngakwe. This is not a team that the Jaguars can look past, and they shouldn't be looking past anyone at this point because they just lost to the worst team in football last week. If that wasn't a wake-up call, I don't know what would be. But yeah, um, I think when you talk about the Colts offense versus the Jaguars' defense, it's a big mismatch on paper. The Jaguars are seventh in defensive DVOA. They've been doing really well against the run and the pass for the most part outside of week four um, against the Eagles where they struggled to stop the run. But even that game, it was more about, in my opinion, Trevor Lawrence and the offense turning the ball over than it was the defense not getting the job done. You look at the Colts offense, I just mentioned Matt Ryan being clutch. You have Jonathan Taylor, potentially. You have these receivers who are talented. Uh, but they're 32nd in DVOA, and I'll tell you why. Their their offensive line has been atrocious. It's been one of the the worst offensive lines in recent memory, and they go from they go from an offensive line in years past where you look at it as a strength of a team, as one of the strongest units around the league, and now it's just looking like it's in shambles. Um, Bernard Ryman, the rookie, is starting at left tackle now. They moved Matt Pryor over to right tackle. He had started the season at left tackle. They've been playing some musical chairs, but it hasn't been mattering much. They have not been able to protect Matt Ryan. They have not been able to consistently block for Jonathan Taylor. And if that offensive line doesn't figure things out, I just can't see the Colts uh, keeping up in the race for the playoffs and the race for the AFC South crown. It's hard for me to envision that if this offensive line doesn't rapidly improve. And yeah, John says, I love the sitting duck comment from Trayvon Walker. Yeah. I don't know if I love it or not. It definitely was interesting. Um, you don't want to add fuel to your opponent's fire by insulting them, but Matt Ryan is a bit of a sitting duck in the backfield when he has the football. Um, no question about it. He's not a, not a mobile quarterback. He's kind of a statue back there. John says, I'm hoping we get several sacks. Last week killed me with Allen only recording one tackle. Yeah. So uh, I think the Texans had a good game plan. They were just trying to run the ball a lot more than they were trying to throw it. When they were throwing it, they were getting the ball out of out of the hand quickly there. I think Josh Allen does need to have a big game in this one for the Jaguars because you've got to create pressure on Matt Ryan. Uh, that's what everyone's been able to do so far this year, and that's why the Colts offense has struggled so mightily. Again, though, I will say this. If the Jaguars struggle to score in the way that they are capable of scoring and, and they leave points on the board the way they have at times this year. And this one's close down to the wire. Matt Ryan, he's led several clutch drives late in games this year. He's been a clutch player and the Colts still have plenty of talented football players that can beat you if you're not ready. So if this one comes down to a one score game, I'd be nervous. I'd be nervous. Not going to lie to you. 
Nash says, I think we need to get Robinson in the game more this week. I know the Colts run defense is great, but at least I would put him in much more than ETN. That is a point of contention around here. I don't know. Uh, I look at Travis ETN and I see someone who can change the game in the blink of an eye. And I know that James Robinson is a, a balanced, talented, efficient runner with the football. But if it's me, I'm trying to get the hands in or the ball into the hands of Travis Etienne as much as I possibly can. The guy is a home run waiting to happen. He was by far the most efficient and effective offensive weapon for the Jaguars last week. And his speed is just on another level. His speed, quickness, contact balance, change of direction. He's a special football player. I think the Jaguars have a really nice two-headed monster in the backfield, and they need to figure out a way to use both of those players. I agree with you. I wouldn't say that I want to see James Robinson much more than Travis Etienne, though. I think both players deserve to be on the field. Um, so both teams are getting the job done on special teams right now. I will say, last year in Indy, when the Jaguars were trying to go up there and take down the Colts for the first time since 2017 – a blocked punt was the difference in that game. Um, the, the 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 Jaguars had a tell on their their uh, their punt formation. The Colts were ready for it and they exploited it, blocked it, returned it for a touchdown. And I think that was the defining play of that game last year. So uh, the Colts have a quality special teams core here. So do the Jaguars. The Jaguars need to make sure they do not let special teams errors or issues creep in and and uh, sway the outcome of this ball game. John says, J-Rob is a workhorse and ETN is a slasher. IMO, I love the duo. Yeah, I don't disagree with you. I do too. Big fan of what the Jaguars have in their backfield right now. So we're going to look at some key matchups here. I'm not going to do a bold prediction for this one yet. Y'all are y'all are free to drop your predictions here, but I'm going to do a bold predictions show tomorrow morning where I will drop my score prediction and some other predictions for this one. But we will do some key matchups here on this live stream. And again, I appreciate everyone so much for being here. If you have any comments, questions, anything about the Jaguars, drop them in the comments below. And uh, we'll try to get to everything here. But looking at these key matchups, Devin Lloyd and Foye Aluakin versus Jonathan Taylor is going to be huge. We know Jonathan Taylor is dealing with the ankle. We know that his offensive line hasn't been doing a great job clearing the way for him. But Devin Lloyd and Foye Luikin, they are going to be responsible for bringing this guy down, for bringing down this ball carrier, and they'll be responsible in coverage at times as well. Um, I think Devin Lloyd had a really quality contest last week. I think Foye did not. I don't think Foye Luikin played well enough against Damian Pierce. Uh, so I think these two linebackers, which you've invested heavily in, you've got a first-round pick and you've got a $15 million per year linebacker, they need to come out and be the leaders of this defense this week, in my opinion, when it comes to stopping the run. And of course, Foley, Fatu, Kasi, and Devon Hamilton up front, you're going to need them as well. John says, how are we feeling about the fourth down call so far? I'm not hating it. Uh, yeah, I agree 100%. I believe in being aggressive. And there's, there's, different schools of thought with a young football team. Um, some coaches out there believe that you want to try to minimize risk 
with a young football team. Uh, you want to take the points, um, which Doug Peterson certainly does not believe in that. And also, like with Trevor Lawrence, a lot of coaches going into the second year of a, a young quarterback's career would be trying to um, kind of put bumpers out there for them. And what I mean by that is I think a lot of coaches would say, we're going to go out and we're going to establish the run, and that's how we're going to get uh, get this offense rolling, and that's how we're going to protect our young quarterback. Doug Peterson does not protect believe in protecting Trevor Lawrence in that way. He wants Trevor Lawrence to be the straw that stirs the drink of the Jaguars offense. He wants Trevor Lawrence to be the focal point of the Jaguars offense because in the long run, that's what he's going to need to be. So Doug Peterson is trying to prepare him for that now by going out there and throwing the ball more than he's going to run the ball by going for it on these fourth downs. Um, He's putting it on Trevor Lawrence. He's not holding anything back. And I think that's certainly going to be uh, a situation to monitor. Like, would the Jaguars have won in Houston had they run the ball a little bit more? Would they have won had they taken some points that they did not take? Would they have beaten the Texans in Jacksonville last week? Maybe. Would they have Would they have beaten the Eagles had they run the ball more? Maybe. Um, I, I'm not sure. And I don't want to be critical of Doug because Doug knows what he's doing. He knows how to groom quarterbacks. He knows how to coach offenses and he knows how to win football games. That's pretty clear. Uh, So I'm not sure that, that those decisions were wrong in the long run, but were they wrong from a specific game plan standpoint? Maybe, but I do believe in putting it on Trevor. I believe in, Um, you know, saying we're going to ride or die with you, Trevor Lawrence. You are the leader of this football team. We will go as you go. I don't think that's a bad, bad decision, especially when Doug Peterson is designing plays that give Trevor Lawrence the answers. Pretty much every offensive, uh, every, every drop back for Trevor Lawrence, there's an answer for him out there. He just needs to make sure he finds it. Uh, Doug and Press and, and Mike and, and Jim Bob Cooter have all done a great job designing this offense in this passing game. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Carl says, I'm going into this Sunday with low expectations. Well, hey, you know what they say about low expectations? You can only, uh, you won't have that disappointment at the end of the week if you have low expectations. But I don't think anyone should have low expectations really for this football team. I think the expectation should be to win. 
Um, if you're a Jaguars fan, pretty much every time this team steps on the field, but uh, we've seen variance. We've seen high variance between between weeks. We've seen two of the best performances of any team all year, and you've seen what they did against the Texans, one of the worst performances you've seen on offense all year. Jaggernaut says, good morning, Jen Jag and Jag Nation. Absolutely. Good morning, everyone. Happy y'all are here. It's 10 a.m. We are going through the Jaguars and Colts week six matchup preview and everything right here. Kirk or Brett says, Kirk with 100 plus yards and two touchdowns. My fantasy team needs it. Yeah. Christian Kirk, that is an interesting thing to bring up, an interesting topic. Um, they they tried to feature him heavily in Philly. It didn't work out with the rain. He didn't have a good game. Trevor didn't have a good game. It was tough conditions. Last week, they got away from it, though. They only targeted Christian Kirk three times. I know they had some stuff drawn up down the field for Christian Kirk that they were not able to connect on. That the, the Texans kind of took away from them. But if I'm Doug Peterson and Press Taylor in this offense, I'm trying to get the ball into his hands quickly. Uh, screens, jet motion, things like that. Uh, you can get him going, and then you can start taking shots down the field. That's just my opinion. Uh, but we'll see how it plays out this week. I do believe that that Christian Kirk is in line for a much bigger week than we've seen over the last two. I'd be shocked if he isn't. Brett says, appreciate the content and solid analysis. Absolutely. That's the goal here. Just trying to get a little bit better every day, trying to um, bring some honest insight and analysis to, 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 to Duval. Absolutely. Dustin says, I still think Trevor is the guy for us. Jags are so much better with this team and coaching staff. Let's all calm down about it. It's the same Jags team. Okay, I think you're saying it's the same Jags team as we saw earlier in the year, not the same Jags team we've seen in years past, in which case I would agree with you. But they do need to go prove it. Falling to two and four would be incredibly problematic for this season's outlook, right? If they don't win this game, I'm not going to like bury Trevor Lawrence and say that he's not the answer and all these things and say that Doug Peterson isn't a good head coach and the Jaguars aren't moving in the right direction. I'll still be very confident in the long-term outlook. Uh, but if they do lose this game, the short-term outlook ain't pretty. Falling to two and four is, is uh, that's a difficult place to crawl back from. Nash says, if we get down by a lot this week, then it will probably be because the throwing game isn't quite on key. If this is the case, I'd rely on ETN for explosive runs and settle it down with Robinson. Look, I'll tell you one thing. If the Jaguars get down by a lot, they are not turning to the run. Look, Doug Peterson, this is his philosophy. He says it all the time. You throw to score, you run to win. What does that mean? That means he believes when you're in a negative or a neutral game script, you are throwing the ball more often than you're running it. He believes when you are up, positive game script, you are running the ball a little bit more than you're throwing it. That's just the way he believes in coaching. And, and I think when you look at the way football works, when you weigh, look at the way the NFL is, is set up, it is set up to throw the ball. The rules are set up for throwing the football. And so I, I believe Doug Peterson is, is right in his belief in that. I do. I do think there's some situations and and moments where running the ball would have been the right thing to do, but uh, far be it for me to criticize Doug Peterson 
nitpick little things here and there when I do think he's doing a fantastic job overall. OMZ says Duval Daily in the house. That intro music is the best. I'm glad you like it. I like it too. Took me a long time to pick out the proper intro for the, the little seven or eight seconds that it's on there, but um, it means a lot to me too. I like it as well. I'm a big fan. I'm glad you enjoy it. Uh, Carl says, I'm still hurting from the 0-9 losing streak to the Texans. I don't blame you for hurting. That was a tough game last week. That was ugly. Um, the offense was was atrocious in the red zone. They moved the ball well, 422 yards of total offense. You know, moved the ball well from, from their end of the field to the 20-yard line. After that, though, they struggled. They really did. It's a frustrating thing to see. Jaggernaut says, is OL a concern now with Barch out and Taylor's play after last week's game? Um, I hear you on that. I, I do think, you know, Ben Barch won the job at at left guard, so you wanted him out there. But Tyler Shatley does not concern me. Like, is he going to play at a Pro Bowl level? No. But is he going to play well enough for you for you usually to, to have an effective offensive line performance in a given game? Yeah, I, I do believe that, that he is good enough to do that. When you talk about Jawan Taylor, I didn't think he was horrible last week. I thought really he struggled in Philadelphia with Hassan Reddick. Really gave him the business and was able to force two, two forced fumbles late in that football game, just blowing Jawan Taylor up at the very uh, very beginning of the, the play there in both of those plays. So I'm not super concerned with the offensive line play going into this contest, no. All right. Nash says he agrees about hurting from the 0-9 losing streak to the Texans. Yeah, it's painful. Texans have not been great recently. Jaguars hadn't been either, but uh, I think the Jaguars are clearly much further ahead of the Texans and that there's no reason, no excuse for the result that the Jaguars earned last week. Dustin says, great work, Jen Jag. Keep up that plus two mentality. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much for that. Um, Nash Henry says, I love the analysis, Jordan. It's great to hang out with other Jags fans. I would say that because I live in Indiana, so there aren't hardly any other Jags fans here. Yeah, well, I'm going to keep trying to do more and more live streams. Like I said earlier in this, it's been difficult uh, just with with time lately, but I enjoy doing them. It's fun to get in here and, and chat with you guys. I love it. I'm with you. Jaggernaut says, thanks, Jordan. I'm at the Philly game. Fingers crossed we have no more offensive line injuries. Yeah, so... I will say this, even if there are more offensive line injuries, uh, I think the one you really don't want to lose, well, you don't want to lose Luke Fortner or Tyler Shatley right now because those are your two guys that can play center. Uh, But you never want to lose Brandon Sheriff because he's just such an impact player at right guard. But if you did lose Brandon Sheriff or Tyler Shatley or Luke Fortner, I do think you have answers. Like if you lose um, Luke Fortner at center, I think you move Tyler Shatley back over to center and you're okay there. Um, Trevor and him have a lot of experience together. Uh, I think if you were to lose Shatley or Sheriff, you could plug Cole Van Lannan in, and I don't feel terrible about that. I think he's a good young football player that can play guard in this league, that can start for you um, if, if need be. And then at tackle, you've still got Walker Little waiting in the wing. So 
I think out of all the spots the Jaguars could have injuries, offensive line might be the one where you can survive the most. All right. John says, how are we feeling about depth at guard? <laughs> yeah, just said it. Um, I feel good about Cole Van Lannan. I, I, John Miller, they just signed, and he has a lot of experience in this league, but you can feel good about the fact that he's experienced. I don't think you feel good about where he's at in his career right now. So I would definitely rather see Cole Van Lannan in there. I feel pretty good about him. Jaggernaut says Vancouver, Canada is here. Hell yeah. So we got Indy. We're behind enemy territory there. Behind enemy lines. Jaggernaut's up in Vancouver. Good stuff. Onzi says, do we ride it out with what we have on offense now and load up in the offseason, or do we make moves now and grab an alpha wide receiver or defensive tackle? That's a really good question. I think from the internal perspective, from the Jaguars perspective within that building, I don't think that they're looking to make any blockbuster moves. Um, I don't see a Marcel Darius trade happening. I don't see them trading for DJ Moore or, uh, or I, I, or Derek Brown or Brian Burns, anybody in Carolina. I don't see them going in that direction right now. Uh, would I? I would strongly consider trading for DJ Moore, Brian Burns, Derek Brown. And look, the Panthers, they should not be trading those players. The Panthers should be trying to build around that young core instead of dismantling it. Um, but, uh, you know, it is what it is. Uh, I, I do think potentially there are some areas to improve on this roster. I think, I do think, uh, they like their defensive tackles, but they don't have great depth there. I think they could use another really good edge rusher. I think that they could use another really good wide receiver. Um, so we'll see how it plays out. But looking at next offseason, the Jaguars are going to have a lot of um, – they're going to have to make a lot of different moves within their own roster in terms of, you know uh, – outs and contracts you might be looking at Roy Robertson Harris Shaquille Griffin um and and uh and Rayshon Jenkins two guys that were or three guys that were signed prior to 2021 um that I just don't know if their contracts are tenable moving forward uh, so there's going to be some some movement sure next offseason and honestly their star receiver might have to come from the draft. Their 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 next tight end might have to come from the draft. They'll have the ability to man- maneuver with the cap and massage the cap and bring in another quality or or above like really good receiver, starting receiver. But will they? I'm not sure. We're gonna see how it plays out. All right. OMG says, trade for anyone with that dog in them from anywhere that wants to help change a franchise. Yeah, I agree. I would not be against making an in-season trade. Like, if you have a team um, somewhere around the league that's falling apart, things aren't going well, uh, like Carolina, um, do you try to poach some talent off of their roster? I would not be against it. I really wouldn't. 
Because I think giving yourself the best chance to surround Trevor with a winning football team the rest of this season is is, is critical. Uh, and not just the rest of the season, long-term as well, obviously. Robert says, I'd like to see them make an offer for T. Higgins. Wouldn't we all? Bring Jamar Chase too, right? Uh, no, I understand your point. I just, why would Cincinnati move on from T. Higgins? I don't think that makes any sense. Makes plenty of sense for the Jaguars, sure, but why would Cincy move him? I don't know. I wouldn't if I was Cincy. Nash says, I got to go. Really appreciate your commentary. Look forward to seeing a Jags win this week. Absolutely. Chef Florida boys checking in saying bye-bye Shaq. And, you know, I know a lot of people have been down on Shaq Griffin. You know, he didn't catch any of those potential interceptions in 2021. Had a rough go of it in week one against the Commanders this year. But since then, he's been pretty solid for the Jaguars. And um, I don't think he's playing at a replacement level. I think he's playing above that level. But when you're talking about a guy that's making $15 million per year and you can let go of him, create a bunch of cap space, and maybe bring someone else in for cheaper, I would understand that decision if I'm the Jaguars, even if Shaq Griffin is playing fairly well for them as of right now. So we're talking about the key matchups, and we're obviously going through the comments in the chat here, obviously. So we talked about Devin Lloyd and Foyer, Luke and versus Jonathan Taylor. You got to bring your hard hat. You cannot let him beat you with these long runs. You can't let what happened against Damian Pierce last week happen late in this contest if it's a close one. You have to keep it tight. You have to keep it um, locked in. You have to you have to tackle. My next key matchup is Josh Allen and Trayvon Walker versus Bernard Ryman and Matt Pryor. Bernard Ryman's playing left tackle. Matt Pryor's playing right tackle. Josh Allen and Trayvon Walker and the entire Jaguars defensive front had a really big game against the Colts in week two. They need to replicate that this week. The Colts offensive line is among the worst in football. Uh, You cannot let Matt Ryan sit back there and feel comfortable. And Josh Allen and Trayvon Walker didn't get a whole lot done last week. In fact, Trayvon Walker was probably a net negative due to the massive impact of the penalty he drew late in the game. I think these two players on the edge for the Jaguars need to dominate Bernard Ryman and Matt Pryor, and there's no reason that they shouldn't. They should be able to do so. John says, I kind of like the idea of Quentin Johnston in the draft. Haven't done a deep dive yet, but I like his suddenness and perimeter play. Yeah. You want your T. Higgins? Quentin Johnston might be even better. It's Johnston, right? Is it Quentin Johnson or Quentin Johnston? Not that it really matters, but I got to verify this. I don't want to be saying the guy's name wrong. Johnston, yeah. It is Quentin Johnston. Um, And he's out of TCU. He's a massive target on the outside. He has a lot of quickness, ball-winning ability. He looks like he's going to be a first-round pick as things are right now. Um, He's getting more... Uh, more target volume in TC's off, TCU's offense this year than he did last year, and he's making the most of it. So, yeah, Quentin Johnston, if the Jaguars could land him, he could certainly be that alpha outside receiver um, to to pair with Christian Kirk and Zay Jones and some of these other guys. So, yeah, I'm with you there, John. Dustin says, with Arden Key moving to outside, will he get an even bigger role? No, so I don't think they're moving Arden Key to the outside linebacker spot. I think that they're getting him some reps at outside linebacker. I still think he's going to be featured as an interior pass rusher. 
Jaggernaut says, let's keep our draft picks and build through the draft, see how the team does, see a core build and add quality afterwards. I understand that. And I don't, I think that there are points to be made in favor of making a big move and bringing in someone who can be an impact. But I also agree that keeping your draft capital, uh, waiting to see how this season plays out is, is perhaps maybe, uh, maybe the right move as well, because you've only seen five games of football. This is a bunch of new pieces in a new offense with a young quarterback. I think waiting and seeing how things going does make sense. But I also think if you have the opportunity, and I'm not saying they do have the opportunity to do this, but hypothetically, if you did have the opportunity to bring in a DJ Moore and give Trevor Lawrence a a true number one wide receiver right now, guarantee yourself that player and you're guaranteed. When you talk about bringing in a free agent like DJ Moore, who's 25 years old, you have seen him progress during his time in the NFL. You have seen his work ethic. You have seen that he gets the job done year in and year out. And he's still incredibly young. With a rookie, you haven't seen it in the NFL. There's still some more, there's more risk with, with draft picks, in my opinion, than there are with young players like DJ Moore. That's what I will say. But I think both options could end up being uh, excellent. And I think the much more likely option is going the route of drafting a receiver. I will say this. Trent Balky, as we get some spam in the chat. How do we delete this stuff? Put this user in timeout. There we go. How about it? You're in timeout. Um, I do think that. Uh, oh, I was going to say Trent Balky. He's never drafted a receiver that ended up being a, a, a starter for more than a year. So that is concerning for me. And then you also look at the last receiver that when Doug was with Philly, I know he didn't make um, all the personnel decisions. Certainly. I know Howie Roseman was the leader of that pack, but. They drafted Jalen Rager over, over Justin Jefferson in Philly. So uh, it does worry me putting all your eggs in the wide receiver one basket and in the draft uh, because we know the history between Trent Baalke and Doug Peterson of not really being able to find those players in the draft. And it's hard to blame Doug for that. Uh, ultimately, that was not his decision to make, but I do think he wanted Jalen Rager there. Um, so yeah, these these key matchups we're rolling through: Josh Allen and Trayvon Walker versus Bernard Ryman and Matt Pryor. You gotta get pressure. Gotta get pressure. Antoine says I'd enjoy Keely Ringo in the draft. Sorry, offensive. Oh my gosh, the Jaguars got Keely Ringo, paired him up with Tyson Campbell and Darius Williams. That would be nasty. Now, right now, the Jaguars hold the 16th pick in the draft. I do not think that is enough to get Keely Ringo. It is potentially enough to get Quentin Johnston. Um, I think Keely Ringo, I would be shocked if he falls out of the top 10. That guy is an alpha out at cornerback. But I'm with you. If the Jaguars could land him somehow, that would be sick. He's big, he's strong, he's fast, he's physical. Alpha mentality. Keely Ringo's a stud. I'm with you. My final key matchup to watch. It's Trevor Lawrence versus Trevor Lawrence. 
This is a young player who we've talked about it all week. He has all the physical ability in the world. He has a howitzer of a right arm. He's got great athletic ability. Um, he knows how to maneuver in the pocket. He knows how to feel pressure. But he's been a little bit greedy. Um, and, and I would say for the most part this season, he hasn't been greedy. But against the Texans, he did not remain disciplined against that cover two look. Um, and it cost him. He threw, I mean, I don't care about the Hail Mary interception. That's a very low percentage play. Uh, so I'm not concerned with that. He threw one interception in the red zone that was unacceptable. You, you could throw the ball out of bounds on second and one. You could tuck it and run. You've clearly got space to do so. You can't throw that football. You can't get greedy. He knows that, but he's got to go out there and do it. Um, and he has, in my opinion, not been overly greedy for much of this season. I think he's played pretty well. And even in last week's game, he had some high-level moments. This offense was moving the ball consistently. They just couldn't finish. All right. Got a lot of folks talking some draft here. I love that. Uh, I'm sure there's some people out there that don't want to hear about the draft right now. But we're in the chat. We've got people talking about the draft. I'm here for it. John asking about Keely Ringo. Yeah, you got to go check Keely Ringo out. Even if there's no chance of the Jaguars getting him, that guy's going to be a stud. Um, Murtaza says, will they draft Michael Mayer next year since we have no tight ends next year? Yeah. So the Jaguars, they have tight ends right now. Evan Ingram, Dan Arnold, Chris Manhurts. But all three of them are on expiring contracts in 2022. So the Jaguars will absolutely need to make moves at the tight end position. Uh, if they land Michael Mayer next year, yeah. I think that would be tremendous uh, for the offense as a whole because I think he is he's a more balanced tight end than you have on this roster. Very good receiving tight end. But he will also be a quality physical blocker at the next level, in my opinion. So you're getting more of uh more more for less out of out of that tight end position. Because right now, yeah, you can use Evan Ingram as a blocker, but he's not overly effective in that that role. He's a receiving tight end. Same thing with Dan Arnold. Chris Manhurts, he's a blocking tight end. Yeah, you can use him out of the back, out of, you know, slipping out of out of out of the offensive line off the line of scrimmage and throw him the football, but he's not super effective in that role. Michael Mayer can be effective in both roles. And I do think that that would be huge for this offense, huge for Trevor Lawrence. Antoine says, Bijan Robinson, make it out of the first round. No. He does not make it out of the first round. Absolutely not. That's that's the most talented running back I've watched since Saquon. Dustin says Trevor does need to work on the checkdowns. Yeah, and it's not just checkdowns. Absolutely part of it is the checkdowns. Part of it is just, you know, if there's nothing down the field, dump it down. But there's also been underneath routes where he tries to push it instead of taking the underneath route, which isn't really a checkdown. It's part of the route tree. It's not the checkdown. But yeah, the underneath and the checkdown stuff, he's got to be able to take it. Uh, he's got to be able to take it almost every time, especially against these zone defenses. They're trying to put a roof over you. They're trying to limit the big plays down the field. Now, against the Colts, the seam should be available. Some of the seam shots should be available. So you can watch for that. But um, checking it down, hitting these shallow crossers like... Last week, 
It was third down. Jags had been moving the ball. Trevor locks on to Christian Kirk. Even though Christian Kirk got pressed, he got bumped up at the line of scrimmage, did not create any separation. Trevor tried to force it in anyways, almost got intercepted. If he had just moved off of that read, Zay Jones was right in front of him, right at the sticks for a first down. So, yeah. John says, I wish we could land Brock Bowers. Yeah, isn't Brock Bowers a true sophomore? So he can't even enter the draft until... 2024. Am I correct on that? I think we are. But there are some good tight ends in this class, including Michael Mayer. Um, UCF Jaguar checking in. Says, man, we need this one. Yeah, absolutely. Jaguars fans need this one. The Jaguars football team needs this one. Now, again, I've said this earlier. I think in the grand scheme of things, this game is not critically important. But when you're talking about 2022, when you're talking about trying to win the AFC South, uh, and and get into the playoffs as a young football team in year one of this regime, yeah, this game is absolutely critical. And it's critical for the psyche of the fans. I think it's critical for the psyche of the team. But um, long-term, long-term, I don't think it's going to define Doug Peterson or Trevor Lawrence's careers here, respectively. Antoine says Brian Brees would be a great fit too. Yeah, Clemson interior defensive lineman. He's he's got the ability to be a stud at the next level as well. Really physically gifted interior defensive lineman there. Um, could certainly bring some run stuffing prowess and and some of that penetration that you're looking for in a modern day defensive lineman. So I was talking about Trevor versus Trevor, but. Receivers versus receivers as well. They have had too many drops this year, um, especially last week. You know, I counted seven drops. PFF gave them five drops. Whatever it was, it was it was unacceptable. The receivers have to be able to focus and catch the football. Zay Jones dropped two. Evan Ingram dropped one. ETN dropped two. Um, you had Jamal Agnew dropping a pass. Uh, it was just too much. Everybody was putting the ball on the turf last week for Trevor Lawrence late in that game. Um, so Trevor needs to play better. Obviously, his receivers also need to play better. All right, Dustin's checking in saying Sam Laporta from TEU, Iowa. Yeah, Sam Laporta is a former wide receiver, has converted himself into a tight end and is doing a damn good job there. I think that he can also provide some balance at the tight end position. So, and where is Sam Laporta going to be drafted? I think that's one of the really curious things. I expected him to come out last year. He didn't. I went back to school and uh, will he be a day two pick? We'll find out. I do like Sam Laporta. I don't think he is of the same level of a Michael Mayer, in my opinion, but I think that he could be a really effective tight end in the NFL. I'm with you there. I like him. So again, my key matchups are Devin Lloyd and Foye Lewican versus Jonathan Taylor. You got to wrap up. You got to tackle. You got to slow that man down. Josh Allen and Trayvon Walker versus Bernard Ryman and Matt Pryor. You cannot let Matt Ryan sit back there and have a clean pocket. If you do, he will get the job done more often than not. You've got to disrupt him. And there's no reason that Josh Allen and Trayvon Walker should not be able to do that. And then again, Trevor versus Trevor receivers versus receivers. One thing about this Jaguars team that I've talked about and thought about, 
it doesn't really matter who they're lined up against. Their struggles have all come internally. The Commanders did not beat them in week one. The Jaguars beat the Jaguars. Same thing in week four against the Eagles. Same thing in week five against the Texans. They had every opportunity from a play calling and a schematic standpoint to get the job done. It's just in these critical inflection points throughout the game, they're failing. You know, throwing an interception in the in the end zone, throwing an interception in the red zone against Philly, um, um, picking up a, a critical penalty, Trayvon Walker on the on the game's final drive last week. It's these inflection points in the game where the Jaguars are failing themselves, and those little mistakes are what's causing them to lose these close football games. Eventually, this team is going to have to win close football games because most games in the NFL are close. They're not perfect. They're not what you saw in week two and week three usually. Now, can you have some of those games? Absolutely. We've seen it already. But it comes down to the Jaguars not beating themselves um, in, in pretty much any contest they played the rest of this year. Now, obviously, you go up to Kansas City. That's a difficult contest, right? But against most teams in this league, when the Jaguars line up on the field, they have the coaching and they have the talent to get the job done. And that's not something you could say in years past. They have the coaching and talent to get the job done. They have the scheme to get the job done. They have the quarterback to get the job done. But they've got to do it. They've eventually got to do it. They've got to win a close game down the stretch here at some point. Brandon says, that interception in the end zone made me so mad. He could have got the sticks easily. John says, I don't think he saw him at all. I mean, there you have a flood concept. You have three tight end look, 13 personnel, flood into the right side. Got Trevor rolling out in that direction. You have four defenders and, and three offensive targets, three pass catchers. Trevor has to know he can't throw that football. He has to know it. If he didn't see that, I, I can't imagine why he didn't see that, honestly. And yeah, the interception should make you mad. It should make Trevor mad. It should make the team mad. But this kid is a, a unbelievable talent, an unbelievable leader, an incredibly hard worker. And uh, I, I think anyone who's giving up on him or throwing him under the bus, it's way too early to do anything like that. And I, I really do believe in his talent and his work ethic. And I believe in the coach he has trying to get him there right now and Doug Peterson. Murdaza says, Jags will sweep the AFC West. All right. So they are 1-0 right now. They took down the Chargers. They're sweeping the AFC West. That means they're beating the Broncos in London, which I think is a reasonable prediction. means they're beating the Raiders in Jacksonville, which I also would say is a reasonable prediction. Um. I think both of those games could be tough. Depends on what Jaguars team shows up, right? Are they able to execute at a high level in the critical moments of the game in these inflection points? But picking the Jags to go to Kansas City and beat them, I'm not saying they can't. I'm not saying they won't. But I'm saying predicting them to do that. That's bold. That's bolder than I'm willing to be right now. John says, I just hope he learns quickly. And I agree with you, John. I think he will. Brandon says, I give them credit and say the team is young and just needs more experience under their belt. Yeah, again, this is a team that is five games in. 
Doug Peterson is five games in as a head coach in Jacksonville. All these players, they are only five games in uh, to this season with this new coaching staff, with this new regime, with this new philosophy, with this new outlook on life. Um, And I do think it takes time. But they lost a golden opportunity against the Texans, lost a golden opportunity against the Eagles and the Commanders. Eventually, you got to take advantage of those opportunities. When will it start to click on a more consistent basis for the Jaguars? We're going to find out here soon. We'll keep this open for a couple more minutes. We just eclipsed the hour mark here. I appreciate everyone for being here. Follow me on Twitter at Jordan DeLugo, Generation Jaguar, at Generation Jag. And of course, please like and subscribe. Hit the notification bell on YouTube. And you can also go pick up a new hat or shirt on genjag.com. You can become a channel member as well. There's links in the description below. Um, yeah, I, I just think that watching this team the last two weeks has been incredibly frustrating because they, the plays have been there to be made. They just haven't made them physically. They've got the tools. They've got the coaching. Just got to execute at a higher level more consistently. <laughs> All right. Brandon says the games have definitely been better. The cardiac cats are back. Yeah, they sure are. John's checking in with a final Duval. Love it. Brandon says also just because of your hat, go dogs. That's fine. You know, I'm not one of these college football fans that's going to hate on any, any teams really. I am a Gator fan. It is what it is. They're playing okay right now. Nothing to be too proud of or disappointed in. Hoping Anthony Richardson can show development, just like hoping Trevor Lawrence can show some development here. All right. Jaggernaut says Lloyd, defensive rookie of the year. He's a beast. Yeah, he leads all rookies and in, in, in tackles, leads them in um in pass passes defended. He's playing great football. Devin Lloyd, and I will continue to toot my own horn on this. I had him as the top off-ball linebacker in this class. I had him with a top 10 grade. I was just waiting for some team to pull the trigger, either draft him or move up to get him. I certainly did not expect it to be the Jaguars after they signed Foya Luke into the deal that they did. Uh, But Devin Lloyd, he's 24 years old, so he is an older rookie, but he is immensely talented. He is immensely hardworking, and he's a real real leader that this team is going to be able to lean on for a long time, in my opinion. Dustin says, is the 2023 draft for the Jags uh, just getting more depth in all areas? That's a good question. I haven't really thought about it in that from that perspective. Um, I think some areas where you might be drafting for more than just depth um, You could be drafting a potential starting strong safety if you move on from Rayshon Jenkins. You could be drafting a starting corner if you move on from Shaq, although you've still got Tyson and Darius and Trey Herndon potentially back. I would certainly bring him back. So that might be a depth if you draft a corner. Uh, I think if you draft a wide receiver, you are not drafting someone to be depth. You are drafting someone to be the guy to be a legit stud because you've got some depth. You like Tim Jones as a young player. You like Kendrick Pryor as a young player. You've got Jamal Agnew as depth. 
Uh, Marvin Jones is in the final year of his deal. You're going to have Christian Kirk. You're going to have Zay Jones. Uh, yeah. John says he's got money on Devin Lloyd. Needs him to get those stats. Yeah, I don't blame you for having money on Devin Lloyd. Jaggernaut says great collab with the Believe Show. Yeah, Clay Harbor's awesome. He's doing a great job with me on Believe in Jaguars. Uh, uh, and yeah, I appreciate the the kind words. Gerald says, I'm getting tired of hearing we'll all learn from this at press conferences as if ball security is something they're just discovering. Okay. So ball security against the Eagles, that was a one-off in my opinion. Um, yeah, everyone knows about ball security, but it is about experience. It's about, it's about having moments where you don't do the right thing taking the coaching and learning from it and moving on and doing better in, in that area the next time you step out on the field and developing consistency. It does not happen overnight. I understand fans are sick of hearing we'll learn from this, and, and I am too. I get it. But this is a young football team. There's no getting around it. A young football team led by a young quarterback in the first year of a new system. First year of a new regime. Ball security, Brandon says, ball security should be a basic thing. Just spend a whole practice catching the ball and getting wrapped up in an attempt to strip. You, That's the thing. You can't just spend a whole practice doing that. There are so many myriad things that this team has to focus on and practice every single day. And so you can't just say, oh, we're scrap this practice. We're just going into ball security. Oh, and we've got this person coming back from timeout. Uh, let's put them back in timeout. There we go. We don't need any any spam here on Duval Daily. Brandon says it was forgivable with the Eagles because of the rain. Gerald says Hertz didn't have that problem. Yeah, I'm not saying that these problems were not problems. They were problems. It was a problem last week, too. Um, in, in the critical moment of the game for Trevor Lawrence in the red zone. It was, it was a critical moment, and uh, he didn't get the job done. He was not secure with the football. But at the same time, um, he's on a different development track than Jalen Hurts is. I mean, Jalen Hurts is in year three. He's in year two of the same system. He has an elite offensive line. He has... A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard, they're not in the same situation, y'all. Not not by a long stretch. UCF Jaguar says, I love some fan takes of being tired of being told to be patient with Trevor and their solution is to draft another rookie. Yeah, that's another thing. And you look around the league right now, there are very few quarterbacks who are consistently playing at a high level. There are very few teams that are consistently playing at a high level. You're pretty much looking at Josh Allen, um, uh, Patrick Mahomes, and and Jalen Hurts. Who else is playing consistent football right now on offense? You tell me. I know the Vikings are four and one, but their offense has been up and down. It's been a damn roller coaster with Kirk Cousins. And yeah, so you talk about these other vets around the league. You talk about young players. Which really young quarterbacks are playing better than Trevor Lawrence right now? Joe Burrow playing better than Trevor Lawrence right now? I think that's debatable. Um, 
Mac Jones, Justin Fields. Give this guy some time and give these other young quarterbacks some time. It's just, it's wild. I think that the way that our society is set up these days makes it impossible for anyone to have any patience with anything. And I know Jaguars fans have been patient for the last 15 years. And I know it's difficult to separate this regime from regimes of years past, but you've got to try to do it or you're going to drive yourself crazy in my opinion. John says, if we're seeing this at the end of next year, then we can talk. Yeah, and I think even if you're seeing it at the end of this year, like by the end of this season, I do not think that the Jaguars should have some of these same struggles that they're having right now. I really don't. Gerald says, don't get me wrong, I'm still on the Trevor bandwagon. Good, I'm glad to hear it. UCF says, imagine if the Bills and Eagles gave up on their quarterback in year two. Yeah, yeah, the Bills could have very easily moved on from Josh Allen. And no one would have blamed them. He was playing much worse than Trevor Lawrence is currently. Jalen Hurts. The Eagles could have very easily tried to bring in a veteran. Could have tried to bring in a big-time draft pick. Excuse me. They didn't do that, and they're being rewarded right now for not doing that. Now, not every single quarterback is a quarterback you shouldn't move on from. There certainly are some you should move on from. Trevor ain't one of them. I'll tell you that much right now. His talent, his work ethic, his leadership – the coaching that he's receiving, he's going to end up being a good quarterback in this league for a long time. And yeah, another great point by Dalton. UCF Jaguar, Joe Burrow, was 25 years old in his second season. Trevor just turned 23. His birthday was last week. No question about it. I'm with you. I think that's a great point. And if y'all are not, be sure you are subscribed to UCF Jaguar. Constantly putting out good Jaguars content for y'all. Make sure you're t- you're subscribed and hit the notification bell for him as well. Murray's getting a little frustrated with me now. She's like, you have been on this stream for too damn long, Dad. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. But I think it's about time to get out of here. Jaguars at Colts this Sunday in Indianapolis. Lucas Oil should be good weather. I mean, they've got the roof and the windows, so... Uh, if it's poor weather, they'll they'll close it up. If it's good weather, they'll leave it open. Um, and the Colts are two point favorites right now, home favorites over the Jaguars. Jaguars are two and three. Colts are two two and one. Both teams need a win in the AFC South. Both teams need to get the job done in Week Six if they want to keep pace. The Titans don't play this week, so they aren't going anywhere. Uh, they are atop the division right now, and uh, there they will. They will remain unless the Jaguars go get the job done this week. Hopefully they will. John says, great stream. Hit the like button. Thank you so much, John. Jaggernaut says, thanks for the show, Jordan, DTWD. Absolutely. Thank you all so much for being here. It's been a fun one. And uh, be sure tomorrow morning I'm going to be be dropping that bold predictions, which will have my score prediction and uh, – and some final thoughts and some final bold predictions about 27 hours before kickoff. Should be fun. Hit me up on Twitter at Jordan DeLugo, Generation Jaguar, at Generation Jag. Again, like and subscribe. Hit the notification bell on YouTube. Go pick up some gear on GenJag.com. Become a channel member. Channel members get discounts on GenJag merch. 
They get some cool emotes and emojis, some badges. Um, we're doing a lot of fun stuff, so go check it out. Links in the description below. Thank you so much for tuning in, Duval. Have a great Friday and a great weekend. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.